This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the First Sunday of Advent A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. All nations shall stream toward it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways and we may walk in his paths. For from Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and impose terms on many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not raise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced because they said to me, We will go up to the house of the Lord, and now we have set foot within your gates, O Jerusalem. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Jerusalem, built as a city with compact unity. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. According to the decree for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. In it are all set up judgment seats. Seats for the house of David. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you prosper. May peace be within your walls, prosperity in your buildings. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Because of my brothers and friends, I will say, Peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will pray for your good. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, you know the time. It is the hour now for you to awake from sleep. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is advanced, the day is at hand. Let us then throw off the works of darkness to put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly as in the day not in orgies and drunkenness, not in promiscuity and lust, not in rivalry and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, 
up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So it will be also at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So, too, you also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, we are starting a new liturgical year. This is the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, we're now in year A, so this will be, many of the readings this coming year will be out of the book or gospel of Matthew. And, and remember, and I know society now with the, <laughs> as we're kind of end of November, beginning of December, uh, you know, Christmas decorations have been in the local stores probably since what? Oh, September. Halloween! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> remember, please, that oh. this is a season of preparation, not celebration. The whole point of Advent is to try and get us to quiet ourselves in order to be prepared for celebrating the coming of Christ as our Messiah. So there, there actually is a threefold coming, if I can ask folks to think about this during this season of Advent. If you can please think about this, prepare yourselves worthily to celebrate the anniversary of the Lord's coming into the world as the incarnate God of love. Make your soul's fitting abodes for the Redeemer in holy communion. And then also then make yourselves ready for his final coming as judge, at death and at the end of the world. So those threefold coming, if we can keep that in mind for Advent, that'll be so important to properly and spiritually prepare ourselves uh, for that the beautiful celebration that we have in Christmas. And just that reminder that this is a time of preparation, yes. not yet the celebration. Right, exactly. And on this preparation theme, we hear today in the first reading from the prophet Isaiah. Yeah, and these verses present an image of peace that was longed for by the war-torn Israelites. And this prophecy comes at a time in which the once great nation had been reduced to little more than survivors in the promised land, which was now overrun by enemy armies. And you know, Kevin, we're living in a time that much of the world has turned away from the one true God and embraces every form of corruption, a world that denies the truth of Christ and favors the father of lies. Here in this once great nation of the United States of America, we are beginning to resemble the state of the ancient Israelites in this reading. And our promised land has been overrun by evildoers, and those who remain faithful are hated by society. The last line of this passage says, Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And in this mindset, we should begin our Advent journey to make a conscious effort to look for the light of Christ that is still present around us and to bring that light to others who so desperately need it. Yes, because with all of that discord, the strife, and all that is going on in the world, how important that is to bring that light of Christ to others. And, and remember, really today, and when I look at this beating their swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, 
the reality is that the threat of war is going to hang over us as long as we are sinful. <laughs> but but this that reading right there, those ter- those words were one of the reasons why the Jews rejected Jesus as the Messiah because they were expecting Messiah and world peace to be at the same time. Right. And yeah. of course, we know that that was not Christ's intentions. You know, he did not come to abolish all evils here below, but to free men from the greatest slavery, which is sin. Mm-hmm. Now, the kingdom of God is definitely established or was definitely established through Christ's cross, right? God reigns from the wood. But in terms of the second coming, that will be a time when the swords will be beaten into plowshares and the spears into prune hooks. That will be a different time. Again, we have Christ's reign but not the second coming at this time. So how important that is to remain vigilant. And that, as we start this year, I think that's a beautiful thing to remember is quiet ourselves, be able to to develop ourselves spiritually in order to fight that spiritual battle that's coming. Yeah. And I think that's really what Paul talks about in the Romans. You know, oftentimes our spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, isn't it, Carla? Well, yeah, and it's that remaining vigilance part. St. Paul tells us to wake up and pay attention, to throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And he goes on to say, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But what do those words mean? And how do we go about this in a practical sense? Well, I think that uh, this kind of touches on what St. Paul is, is, t- is saying, and this is a little story here. Uh, there was an old priest who taught by asking questions, and one day he asked his students, how can a person tell when the darkness ends and the day begins? After thinking for a moment, one student replied, it is when there is enough light to see an animal in the distance and to be able to tell if it's a sheep or a goat. Another student said, it is when there's enough light to see a tree and to be able to tell if it's a fig or an oak tree. And the old priest gently responded, No, it's when you can look into a man's face and recognize him as your brother. For if you cannot recognize in another's face the face of your brother, then the darkness has not yet begin to, begun to lift and the light has not yet come. So the armor of light that St. Paul is talking about is the grace of God that illuminates our hearts and our minds and it allows us to walk in the path of godly righteousness. And I love that term, the armor of light, because, you know, God places within us a natural law, the law of human nature. And I think by, um, you know, even something unsaid, people know kind of deep in their heart when they're doing something wrong. Now, (laughs) you know, so it's something that God does in place with us with that natural law. But oftentimes we, we wander into sin, oftentimes either due to ignorance or due to apathy. We've talked about that in the past weeks. And I think it's really important for us, this is a great time during Advent, to realize that we have a moral obligation to form a correct conscience before acting. So even though we have something, that little kernel inside of us, I think we still do need to form our conscience around the word of faith, around the word of truth. Um, You know, St. Thomas had talked about how there is such things as moral and immoral actions. And these actions, our actions, proceed from a deliberate will. We make a decision to either act or, un- or not act, to act morally, to not act morally. And, and I think that when you, when you look at this, oftentimes I go back to the book of Proverbs where it tells us to train up a child in the way that they should go. And then when they're old, they won't depart from it. Now, of course, there might be a little, <laughs> in between when they're young and when they're old, they might uh, wander well, a little bit. Of course, a little bit, right. I certainly yeah. have that story. But 
Uh, you know, when you think about raising a child, oftentimes when they're young, you say, hey, don't do that or don't watch that. Or there's a lot of those don'ts, right? The, uh, in our family, we, we joke about the gift of no, right? Dad gives the <laughs> gift of no. But I think that as you train your child and they realize some of these no's or these guardrails, ultimately we cannot in the end just be motivated by the fear of punishment. We have to make by our will, by our forming our conscience, we have to move from that to then be motivated by love. Make sure that our actions are motivated by love for God, motivated by love of neighbor. We talk about, you know, God, you have a filial fear of God. You don't want to, you don't want to di disappoint God. You're motivated by that love of God. Or again, it could be to a parent or a sibling or somebody else. But when you get motivated by love, I think that's when you find that you're able to form that, that conscience really starts blooming within you. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Let's move to the gospel here. And uh, we hear today again with year A, the gospel of Matthew. Yeah, and you know, the reading is another great reminder that we need to be intentional about our life, that time is a gift, and that those who squander the time that they've been given will not be prepared when death comes, because most of us will never know which day is going to be our last here on earth. Yes, and let, let's, in closing, uh, take some words of St. John Chrysostom. He says here, when you do not expect it, he will come. Be key because he wants them to be anxiously waiting and constantly engaged in virtuous practice. What he means is something like this. If the generality of men knew when they were to die, they would strive earnestly only at that hour. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.